0: Proverbs chapter number four. I've got a a little illustration I am going to show you guys later on. That's where this, you're wondering what's in this plastic bag. I'm trying to make sure it doesn't fall off this uh, pulpit uh, today. But man, it is such a joy to be here. Thank you, Anchor of Hope Baptist Church, uh, so much for allowing us to uh, be here this morning. Definitely a privilege. Uh, I had, uh, just to let you know, uh, my wife was was, uh, reminding me this morning, uh, when I when we drove in the parking lot, when we first started our church, uh New Life Baptist Church, we from there we uh started that church and we named it after church. It was very close to us and was a great blessing to us. Uh, and that was a New Life Baptist Church in Dalton, Georgia, Brother Rick Spence. And we went to start our second church, we went through our list of churches. You know, who could we kind of uh, have as a sister church to be able to name our second church after the church? And the church that I chose was Anchor of Hope Baptist Church because of how much of a blessing you guys had been to us. Now, you'll say, well, where is the Anchor of Hope Baptist Church? Well, unfortunately, when we went to start to name the church Anchor of Hope Baptist Church, we went and we spoke with some, some of our church people and they could not pronounce anchor very well in English. Uh, so that kind of scrapped that. But just know that that was in our heart because you, uh, have been such a blessing to us. I remember, uh, in 2014, uh, I, I called, uh, Pastor Haney and I said, Hey, you know, I'm in the area. My grandparents had, had died. Uh, my, actually my grandmother had died and I'd flown back to the States, uh, to be a part of that funeral. And while we, I was here, we got the phone call that my wife's grandfather had passed away and she along with the kids were on that side of the world so i was kind of in a in a pinch because we kind of already decided if if one of my grandparents passed away i would come back and if one of hers she would come back and we would each stay with the kids where well, we were kind of in a mess there so we had to we ended up bringing the whole family back uh, and you guys were such a blessing to us during that time. So just want to thank you all. Uh, you know, we started New Life Baptist Church in 2013, and God has blessed from that ministry. Uh, when we started that church, I had an opportunity to work with Brother uh, Pastor Sipo Bonga, uh, which was a young man that was trained and saved out of the ministry of my cousin, Kevin Hall, who had been working in South Africa many years before that. And me and uh, Pastor Sipo went to start New Life Baptist Church, and God had just really opened some great doors, and we saw some lives change. There and from there, we've been able to start training young men to do the work of the ministry. And God has raised up young guys, and we've been able to start two new churches: in Kinsville Baptist Church and also uh, Lighthouse Baptist Church out of New Life Baptist Church. So God has been blessing in a great way. Thank you so much for your prayers. You know, our goal is to get to, you know to work to get the gospel message to the world. Our King has given us a command to take His gospel message that people have never heard. And He's given this that, that command in the context of local churches. And that's what our desire is, to see young men trained and raised up and sent out to start Bible preaching churches. Because uh, one thing we realize, we don't have much time left. Amen? Man, our t- our days are fleeting. And man, I hope one thing that we've learned through this kind of COVID uh, chaos is understand, man, I hope we're not living for this world, but man, I hope we're living for what's to come. Because this world is not certain. Amen. You know, uh, I, you know, this morning I can rejoice, uh, c- uh, the COVID had come into our home church. Thankfully, while we were not there, uh, it hit our home church pretty hard. And my pastor, Brother Austin Gardner, uh, had to go into the hospital because of COVID. And he was on a ventilator for 21 days. And uh, every single one of his ICU doctors did not believe he was going to make it. And the truth, by the end of that, because we were told it was going to be 5 to 14 days, and the closer he got to 14 days, the more likelihood that he would never come off uh, the ventilator. And uh, praise the Lord, uh, yet uh, yesterday marked 15 days from him being out of the hospital. Uh, he was on the ventilator for, for 21 days. He came off. Uh, he was in the hospital for another six or seven days, and now he's been home for 15 days. And he will be back in the pulpit preaching tonight at our home church for the first time. Uh, so we serve a pretty awesome God, amen? And he's worked some miracles. And uh, I know this is a time of chaos, but one thing we realized, man, we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know, uh, you know, whether we're we're taken out by a car wreck or or COVID or, or just living a long life and uh, dying natural causes. One thing, man, I hope we're not living for this world. You know, I'm 44 years old now. I know I look 34, but I'm really 44. But man, I had an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ on a regular basis. Since I was five years old, my parents, they were divorced when I was two. But when I was five, uh, my mom accepted Christ. And uh, she gave us uh, options whether we could go to church or not growing up. She said, Mark, you can go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That was option number one. Option number two, I can beat you half to death. That's the kind of mom I had. But because of the faithfulness of my mom and because of the, the great churches I had an opportunity to grow up in, I think it would be safe to say I've had an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ at least once a week since I was five years old. Now, folks, that's over 39 years of hearing the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. 39 years of hearing how God loved us enough that He sent His only begotten Son to this world to live a sinless, perfect life. And then that then Jesus gave His life willingly and was put on a cross. And He, and he died hanging on that cross. And not when He died on that cross, man, He didn't die for His sins, but He died for our sins. He wasn't being punished because of what He did. He was being punished because of what I did. And I'm glad to know that when He died on that cross, not only did He die on that cross, but man, He took my sin debt and He took that upon Himself. He did an awesome exchange. He took His righteousness and His perfectness and His holiness, and He put that in my account. And I got His holiness, I got His righteousness, and He got my sin and He died and was buried and rose again three days later to prove that He was who He said He was and also prove uh, that death did not have the victory. Amen? Amen. And uh, man, I'm thankful for Jesus this morning. If you never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I pray this is the day that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You know, I'm glad to know that, uh, man, my salvation is not dependent upon my, my good works and my righteousness. But when God looks down at me, He sees someone holy and perfect, not because of me, but because He sees Jesus. Amen? And I'm glad to know that, man, I have a salvation that, uh, man, I don't have to worry about losing because I did nothing to gain it. Glad to know that, man, I can believe on Jesus and know that's for eternity. Amen? You know, a lot of times people look at preachers and they look at people who are faithful to God's house and faithful to the ministry. Maybe it's a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it's a bus worker. Uh, maybe p- nursery workers. People that... that that meant just show and shine that they have a desire to live for Jesus. They have a desire to make much of Jesus. And sometimes believers, we can look at those people and think, you know, I know that's how I'm supposed to feel. I know that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm supposed to love Jesus. I know I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be energetic and excited about giving the gospel message uh, to every creature. I know that's how I'm supposed to act. But to tell you the truth, it's just not in here. You know, I, I read God's Word and I believe God's Word, and man, but for some reason it's just not... I don't know what's wrong. Well, this morning I just want to talk to you a little bit, little bit about guarding your heart. Guarding your heart. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 23, looking there... If I can find it here in my Bible, Proverbs chapter twenty-four and verse twenty-three has become one of my favorite verses because it's a, such a helpful verse. In Proverbs chapter four and verse twenty-three, the Bible says here, "Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life." And this morning, folks, I just want to talk to you a little bit about guarding your heart. Now, before we kind of go into this verse. Uh, you don't have to go over there, but you can flip over if you'd like but you, or just keep your place here uh, to Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. In Psalm 1611, the Bible says here, uh, that will show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You know, this has kind of become my life Verse. Uh, we're gonna kinda be leading into the Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. And I, and just to let you know, I will be talking a little bit more about Camp Rhino at the end of the service, uh, when we have question and answer time. Uh, God is really blessing in a great way there at Camp Rhino. Uh, we've uh, started the camp officially December of 2018, uh, which is just a little over a year and a half ago. And since we the start of our camp, we've seen over 100 y- young people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior through our different camps and different events. So we praise the Lord for that. But we come here to uh, the, uh, looking just quickly at Psalm 1611. The Bible says, "...that will show me the path of life and thy presence..." It's fullness of joy. Now here, in the opening up this verse, it says, that will show me the path of life. Now understand here, God is speaking, and and He has something that He's kind of laying out. And He says, guys, I want to show you guys what it means to live. I want to give you the path of life. Now when you think of the path of life, what's the opposite of the path of life? It's the path of death. You know, the path of life is a path of blessing, but the path of death is a path of destruction, devastation. And the psalmist writes here that will show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. There's two words that kind of jump out at this verse for, for me. It's the words joy and the words pleasure. And one thing I have learned just being in this world is that the world tries to convince us that its substitutes will bring more pleasure and more joy than God promises. But you know, in our life as human beings, especially as Christians, you know, what are we wanting in our life? Man, we're wanting joy. And we're wanting pleasure. Sometimes we think of that word pleasure and we think, you know, that's... You know, we shouldn't strive to get pleasure. But the truth is, if we look at it biblically, that's what God promises us. And he says here, Thou will show me the path of life and thy presence is fullness of joy. Now, where is the, you know, when you talk about joy, he says, man, I want you to understand fullness of joy. It's kind of like I have a cup that's running over. It's like you just have too much joy. How many would like to have too much joy? And I'd like to have too much joy if I could have it. And he says the fullness of joy, you know, just just filled up in joy. And where is that joy found? What does the verse say? That will show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. And it continues, it says, And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Now, man, the world tries to convince us that Pleasure is only found in premarital relationships or extramarital relationships. The pleasures are only found in drugs and alcohol and money. And Man, if I can get that new car or a faster car, if I can be more popular. Man, if uh, the, the, the world has convinced us that man, uh, true pleasure is found in pornography and fornication. Then we can even take good things and think, Well, man, true pleasure is only found in... Man, if I can find that wife... If I can get that good job, if I can go to college, if I can have financial security, that's going to give me pleasure. No, but that's not what the Bible says here. It says here, at thy right hand, there are pleasures Amen. forevermore. Now, what does it mean to be at your right hand? Now, when I'm getting on to my kid and you know he does something wrong if he's at my right hand what can i do i can grab onto him quickly right because he's close to me so the idea here of being right the right hand of the father being at the right hand of the son is the idea that we're close to him yes. Yes. guys we you know you know, you want to know where you can find the most pleasure is being close to god right. It's not being far away from Him. You know, the world has convinced us, hey, go after those things. Go after that extramarital relationships and that's going to give you pleasure. But what it actually does is take you further away from where true pleasure really is. And the joy says, man, if you want joy, if you want happiness, man, go after those substances. Go after that money. Go after that Job uh, uh, ranking. Go after your promotion because that's what's going to make you happy. And we go after those things, and what we don't understand is we're getting a further distance from where real joy and real pleasure really is. Coming back over here to Proverbs chapter 4. Because we say, man, you know, I know what you're saying about joy and pleasure. But man, I come to church and it's not a lot of joy. I can't, you know, I'm, I, come, I come back on Sunday night, man, it's not a lot of pleasure. Man, I go out with my friends on Friday night and man, I have a better time there than I do in God's house. And I know this is what God's Word says and I believe God's Word, but it's just, it's just not here. You guys know what I'm talking about? Can you relate to that? Can you come even, man, if you feel close to the Lord now, can you relate and go back in time and think of, man, there was time to where, man, it just wasn't the same. When I'm, when I'm talking to teenagers, a lot of times, a lot of teenagers had the same kind of mom that I had. Man, you come to church, not because you love church. And it's not that you don't like it, but man, you come and it's really kind of boring. Young guys, you come and it's really, it's not exciting, and you're and you look over at somebody else, man. He's he's shouting and singing and saying amen and running up and down. And you're like, why, why can't I feel like that? Man, I wish I loved church. I wish I loved the things of God as much, but why can I not feel that way? Man, it's because of that distance. When we come here, it says, Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The idea of keeping your heart is the idea of guarding your heart. And it says, guard your heart with all diligence. Man, that means you're methodical about it. That means you're purposeful about it. That means it's important to you that you're guarding your heart. And why is it important that you guard your heart? Because the Bible says here, for out of it are the issues of life. What does that mean? Out of it are the issues of life. The reason why it's so important to guard your heart is because your heart is where it will be where you draw from the decisions that you make. You go and you see some guy and he's been faithful to church Year after year after year, maybe grew up in church and you go out and you see, and he goes and, 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 and starts dating a girl who is nothing like what he was, what he grew up with in church. And you're like, man, I can't believe, you know, he's going after that kind of person. Why would he make that kind of decision? We may have been coming through the doors of the church, but some things were in his heart that caused him to make a bad decision. He says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I have an illustration I wanted to show this morning. My back here is my is, uh, that's a little bowl, but it's heart-shaped. It's a heart-shaped bowl. I don't know if we have somebody, because if I put this on here, that's going to fall off. Maybe it won't. I'm going to... Y'all pray with me. Are you going to help me? Find something that's a little bit more stable. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. I believe that's going to help. You know, this is going to picture our heart this morning. Okay? And you know, I'm a pretty simple-minded guy. And, man, illustrations help me to kind of, you know, if you can help illustrate it, man, it stays with me a lot longer. So I want to help you guys have an illustration this morning. Seeing brother Dunlop in the back helps encourage me that I had an illustration this morning. But I had this, it's a heart shape. The Bible says, Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, teenagers, young people, parents, you know, are we pouring biblical counsel into the hearts of our children? Are we pouring worldly counsel? Do we want our kids to be successful in the eyes of the world? we successful in the eyes of God. You know, I was reading a book entitled Disciple-Making Pastor, and it spoke of this, of being the heart. It says, Biblically speaking, the heart is the control center of a person. It is the most important real estate in your child. The heart is not only the center of personality, it is the seat of will and understanding. The heart is active. It can harden and it can soften. It can draw near to God or drift away from Him. Be full of faith or unbelief. Be strong or weak. Turn toward, uh, turn toward people or away from them. The heart is what God looks at in the end, what Jesus cares about. The heart. You know, the boundaries, guys, that we put in our lives determines what allows to go into our heart. You know, some young people will grow up and... Man, they think their parents are so hard on them. Man, he always makes me go to church. He makes me sure I'm involved in youth activities. He makes man we go to these, uh, we go to, uh, on, on visitation. You know, I have youth directors who try to encourage young people to go on mission trips or uh, be involved in ministries and work in children's church or whatever it may be. And sometimes we kind of get the idea that, well, people are telling us if I do all these things that I'm going to be a pretty good Christian. If I do all these lists of things, then, man, I'm going to be better in the eyes of God. But what a lot of kids don't understand, and even some parents and, and older people don't understand, is the reason why parents want to do those things many times is because we're interested in what goes in your heart. Man, I want my kids in God's house because when the Word of God is preached, man, that's what's going in their heart. And the Bible says here, keep your heart with all diligence. I'm like, man, I've got to guard my heart and i got to help my children guard their hearts. Because from the heart is where they will make life's decisions. Man, I had my oldest son. We adopted two boys. Actually, God brought them into our home about 12 years ago. I I had a cousin, first cousin... Who, uh, was caught drinking and driving with her boys in the car, uh, and defects ended to take them out of their home. And we had volunteered saying, Hey, we'll, you know, anything we can do to help? I was talking to my aunt at the airport one day. Her other son was leaving to be a missionary in Peru. And, uh, and she said, Yeah, Alicia lost the boys. And we said, hey, Is there anything we can do to, to, to be a help? I mean, we're willing to help. Well, that was on a Friday. On that next Wednesday, we had two new boys come in our home. Is nine-year-old Chase and eleven-year-old Tyler. And, uh, what we thought was going to be possibly six months ended up turning into twelve years. Amen. And, uh, the oldest of our boys who's Tyler is actually on deputation for Argentina right now. But two weeks ago, he had a, he married a beautiful young lady that has a desire and a heart to serve the Lord. And, you know, the reason why as those boys were and those boys did not grow up a Christian home those boys did not grow up with godly things being put in their heart and their minds but as soon as they came into their house man my wife and I Amy knew hey we had to go to work man we had to start getting the word of god into their hearts and minds because why because we knew when they get older the decisions that they make and really as teenagers the decisions they make is going to be dependent upon what has already went inside their heart and two weeks ago, as my son was, had an opportunity to help in the wedding, to see him marry his beautiful bride, man, he chose a young lady who loves the Lord and wants to be a missionary with him to the country of Argentina. And when, we, when he chose her, you know, we weren't surprised that he would choose that kind of girl because those are the kind of things we were putting in his heart. Now, we were still a little surprised she said yes to him, but... You know, <laughs> across the board, that's always the case. We praise the Lord for uh, partially blind young ladies and partially senile ladies who have a lapse of judgment for all of us to be able to get married. Amen? But sometimes you can look and you think, man, why did that person... Man, I'm so surprised that that person chose that person or I'm so surprised that that person is living how he's living. But those that are closest to that person can kind of say, you know, I'm not really surprised. He's been pouring in all kinds of stuff that's against the Word of God for so long. It's not a surprise that when he went to make a decision, he made a bad one because of what he's been putting in his heart. The Bible says in... Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, I mean, lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And we can't really think on those things because those things aren't in our heart. And the Bible says in Luke 6.45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil, evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, His mouth speaketh. Now this morning is my illustration. We have an idea of good treasure. And parents and and folks, I want you to understand it. Teenager, young person, man, we need to understand what good treasure is. As we read the Word of God daily, we understand, hey, that's good treasure that we're making a decision to put in our heart. When we, when we decide, hey, I'm going to go to God's house to hear God's preaching, God's Word preached, what I'm doing, I'm making a decision to put good treasures in my heart. You know, when, when I, I listen to the right kind of music, music that glorifies God and pushes me to think more about Jesus, man, I'm putting the right kind of things in my heart. When I, Man, even when I'm, I'm sharing the gospel and I'm, I'm, I'm involved in ministry in my home church, what I'm doing, I'm putting good things in my heart. Because I want to build up and memorize scripture, put good things in my heart, and it's really simple. Why do I want to put good things in my heart? Because when it comes down to where, hey, what person do I marry? Where do I go to to make that decision? I go to my heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Man, I have to guard it, protect it. For out of it are the issues of life. I'm going Who do I need to marry? That's probably going to be a good decision if I'm putting the right kind of things in my heart. You know, what do I need to do with my life? Well, I'm going to go to my heart and find out what I need to do with my life. Do I need to share the gospel with that person at work? Well, I'm going to go to my heart and find, do I draw out? But the Bible says here in this same verse, Luke 6.45, a good man out of the good treasury's of his heart bringing forth that which is good, and an evil man... Out of the evil treasure of his heart bringing forth that which is evil. What happens is we go to church and we put good things in our heart. And, 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 man, parents, man, I hope you have an idea that what you're doing, what you're trying to get your kid to do is not about, man, a, a list of things to where I can please God. Because, man, we're we're pleasing in the sight of God because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Man, God is not going to love me any more now than He did before because of what I do. Man, God looks at me because of Jesus. Amen? But, man, I hope we, man, have a desire for our kids to listen to the right kind of music because, man, we want to make sure good things are in our heart. And they're coming to God's house faithfully because they're putting good things in our heart. But sadly, man, we can put some good things in our heart. And then when it gets late at night, when no one else is around, we start looking at things we shouldn't be looking at. and Hey, nobody's going to know. It's not going to hurt anybody. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not sure you guys over there can see, but this is my illustration. You guys can see it. It's not going to hurt anybody. But those pictures we look at, it's not just for a moment. That stuff goes into your heart. And every time you skip a service and you make a decision to to give into the flesh instead of going and and having your spirit fed, we make a decision to put evil things, evil treasures in our heart. Man, it's the movies we watch, the video games we play, the Facebook we spend our time on, and the YouTube... And Instagram, where it's that girlfriend or boyfriend that we're connected to unequally. Well, we don't understand we're putting the evil treasures in our heart. And you come to your, your, your teenager and he's finished high school and, and you're like, he's got to, he, he can make his own decisions whether he's going to go to church or not. And he makes a decision, am I going to go to church this Sunday? And he's like, nah, I don't think I'm going to. And you can say, "Why? Why do you make that kind of decision?" Because that's what he's been putting in his heart. Man, it's kind of like we're playing Russian roulette with our Christian life. We, yeah, occasionally, man, we we'll read our Bible some, but you know, we'll we'll watch that that crude movie or cr- crude show. Man, we'll we'll, we'll show up to the services, but you know, then we'll we'll think, ah, you know. There's nothing wrong with that with that song I'm listening to. But we're putting those things in our heart and we think, no big deal. And we come into churches and we say, who, who wants to be involved in helping us get the gospel to our community? And our church people are saying, well, I, I, just, I don't think I have enough time. Got other priorities. Right, man, these people say they're saved. They're believing and you know, they they, got, they come to church. But they're playing Russian roulette with their Christian life. And they're not, the Bible says here, guard your heart with all diligence. But no, we stand back and we're like, ah, our, we're, we're, we're we are like we we do not guard our heart. We play around with it. We act like it's not a big deal. When I was raising my kids, man, I, I was very intentional on who they spent time with. Man, I gave my kids a lot of freedom. They could go to a lot of places. They could hang around a lot of people. I let them be out of the house, you know, quite a bit as long as they were with someone who I thought had a desire to please Jesus with their life. You got a kid that comes in with kind of a rebellious spirit, doesn't have a desire, doesn't show godliness. I'm like, That's not who I want my kid hanging out with. And I was very intentional about that. Now they would get, man, I would encourage them, hey, go and try to bring that guy over to your side. But man, you can't spend large amounts of time with them. Why? Because man, it is so important that they guard their heart. And folks, I believe a lot of times as, as believers, we're not guarding our hearts. I mean, our kids are not guarding their hearts because we haven't taught them how to. We told them it's okay to skip church. We told them it's okay to listen to whatever kind of music. It's okay to uh, you know, n- not share the gospel. It's okay not to be involved in missions. It's okay to uh, not think about the gospel message going around the world. It's okay. And as they grow up, we're surprised. Oh, wow, why aren't they excited about the things of God? Because we're putting more of this in the heart than we're putting of this. Folks, the Bible says, "Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life." Man, we need to understand this morning what it means to be intentional about loving Jesus. We can't expect to, to fill up on the things of the world and think that we're going to have a heart for God. We can't be uh, we we can't keep from being intentional about about putting good things in our heart and not be surprised of why we have no desire to share the, the gospel with the lost. I mean, we could we, we can look and say, man, I just don't have desire desire to read my Bible. I don't have a desire to be in God's house. I don't have a desire to share the gospel. I don't have, to, you know, these missionaries. How in the world could a missionary, how could someone leave their family to go on the other side of the world? Man, it's when you just continue putting good stuff in your heart, it's amazing what God can do in your life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Man, folks, we need to understand, we need to be intentional about what we're putting in our heart. You keep making bad decisions, I can promise you it's because you're not putting the right kind of thing in your heart. Folks, there's people dying without Christ yes, sir. there's people that are that are dropping into hell you know I think in South Africa that uh, we're on a, a kind of a, a surveillance security uh, WhatsApp group on our on our phone to where you know our community kind of keeps up with each other and they said you know, one of the, the farmers said, hey, pray one of my workers is in the hospital. He's on the, he's on the ventilator. And because of the lack of ventilators in South Africa, there's a time limit. If he's not, he's not better in five days, he automatically gets taken off and somebody else goes on it. And I'm thinking, man, that's sad that person probably died and went to hell. But when we hear about people dying like that, does it affect us? Or does it like, ah, it's just another story. When we hear that over 3.5 billion people have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, does it bother us? Does it affect our actions? Does it change how we spend our money, spend our time, spend our commitments? Or do we think, ah, that's sad, and just go on about our life? Folks, I think a lot of times we don't love like Jesus loves and we can't see the multitudes as Jesus sees the multitudes because we haven't guarded our heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the state you've given us. I thank you for the opportunity of being in your house this morning. God, I pray that today will be a day we make a decision to Lord, to start doing spring cleaning in our heart, to get rid of the things that don't belong and to start pouring things that please you into our heart. God, I pray that we'll decide that we're going to guard our heart with all diligence because we understand that's that's, that's where it comes from where we make our decisions. Oh, we love you and thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do.